fuck 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 a failure probably should be more to say, but fuck. Goddamn Red Sox, man. Goddamn Red Sox. So that happened. I'm not really gonna spend a whole bunch of time talking about that because it, uh, I, nah, just no, no. Um, Although, we have now reached the fun time of year where we get to speculate about free agents. Ha-ha! <laughs> I'm just going to completely sidestep the entire World Series. Because fuck that. Either way. So obviously we know who the big names are. Like the uh, the big fish in the pond that... You know, obviously, only the teams that have money to spend will actually be in contention for, and that's Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Um, unfortunately, with the way deals are going now, I don't see either of them really pushing the, you know, 10 to 13 years for 400 mil plus. Um, And honestly, it might be better for those guys if they didn't go that route either if they uh you know opted for the smaller you know six for 230 240 ish um and then like paying again like i don't i don't really know what the plan is but obviously you know you're only looking at teams that have money that will be giving them you know the kind of deals that we've all kind of speculated uh that they would get but outside of that um man outside of Machado if you're looking for infield help you are shit out of luck going through everyone who's available and I mean there's some talent there, I guess. Maybe. I just don't know exactly if these guys are. Man, I don't even. I don't even know what to say. But either way, as I'm going down the list of free agents, there's only four infielders that I really feel like are kind of intriguing. Um, to to see where they land and what kind of deals they get. Um, you're looking at Yasmani Grandal, DJ LeMahieu, Josh Harrison, and one of the more fascinating ones to me is Matt Adams because he's 30 years old. He doesn't play a tits like a defense, and his offense suffered last year. Um, I don't know how much of that was just down here if you could attribute that to 
him starting to decline at 30, which feels really weird to even contemplate. But, like, if you're an American League team and you need a DH, I mean, you could do worse than Matt Adams. You could go get Jose Bautista. He'll be out there. I mean, neither of them are great options, but one's obviously better than the other, at least at this stage in time of their careers. Uh, but, yo, if, you, if you're trying to put together an outfield, you got options. And there's a range of ages here, so you can decide whether you're trying to just get someone to just hold the fort down for a year or two. Or if you looking for someone for a few years, um, you know, kind of help stabilize things out. Um, get together Michael Brantley's, Marvin Gonzalez, you know, Hunter Pence. Like, those aren't necessarily bad names to try to fill right field. Like, it, it really doesn't get too much better than that. Um. I mean, there are other names on there, but I don't know. Those are the ones that I find interesting. And then for center field, you got A.J. Pollock, Adam Jones, and Eric Young Jr. Um, You're probably going to get at least three to four solid years out of all of them. Maybe not Eric Young Jr. I want to say he's pushing like 34 or so, but still a lot of productivity to be had there. Um. Man, I'm really curious if Adam Jones is going to leave Baltimore, though. And A.J. Pollock in Arizona. Um, he had a damn good year last year. Are they going to pay him, though? I guess we'll see. And then left field, you got Andrew McCutcheon, who's still a good ball player. Um Man, he can't re-sign with the Yankees. Man, I need his beard back so badly. Cuts just don't look right without it. Just don't. Man, they never will. They got Lonnie Chisholm and both of the cargos. Carlos Gonzalez and Carlos Gomez. Now, Carlos Gomez is not the player that we kind of thought he would have been three or four years ago. but still is a well enough player to make, I don't know, they're going to make teams better. You're, I think that whoever signs either Gonzalez or Gomez is not going to regret the signing as being something that was detrimental to their organization. And then we got pitchers and a lot of big names out here. Um, you got Dallas Keuchel, Patrick Corbin, Lance Lynn, Nathan Eovaldi, Gio Gonzalez. They're probably the ones that are going to go first. Because um, Matt Harvey is due to be a free agent. And I just... I have no idea what the market for Matt Harvey is like anymore. Um, he's descended so far, so fast. I just... I'm curious as to how many years he's going to get and exactly how much money people think Matt Harvey is worth. And obviously, the single most important starting pitcher free agent 
is going to be Edwin Jackson. Yes, that Edwin Jackson. He's looking for his 15th team. I hope he goes to a 15th team. I don't want him to re-sign, be a retread on any of the teams he's played with in the past. No. I want this man to go somewhere new, somewhere he's never played before. We can only hope. And then you look at relief pitching. Uh, a lot of good names out there to bolster your bullpen. Uh, probably the biggest two names on this list are Kimbrell and Andrew Miller. Um, and arguably the best, although Miller had a down year. Um, he, he He's still phenomenal. Um but then you got Adam Adovino, Juris Familia, Joe Kelly, Adam Warren, and Zach Britton. Um, and I feel like if I had to place money on which of these relievers are going to get the biggest, the biggest payday, um, probably Britton. He's the youngest. He's, I just, just a hunch. Um, but we will see where uh, all these names start landing as the winter goes on. Um, I feel like most of these players will be signed before pitchers and catchers report. But as we've seen from years past, if there's someone who feels like they're being disrespected by the process and by teams and shit like that, then they'll hold out and right up until opening day so we'll see how that goes um you're welcome everyone for cutting baseball short i just rather not be angry right now i'm trying to not be angry i am an adult i am mature but fuck the goddamn red Sox. <clears throat> so let's get into some interesting nfl shit um I am so upset that Brocktober has been extended into November, and unfortunately, there is no good way I could possibly make a pun out of Brock Osweiler's name and November. It just doesn't exist. If you have one, please let me know, because I, I failed miserably on that regard. Um... Tannehill is still out with the, that shoulder injury that he injured against Oakland. Uh, everybody else is injured now. Um, Albert Wilson hit the IR list with a hip injury. Um, Kenny Stills still still coming back from I, I believe it was a knee injury, maybe shoulder. Why in the fuck don't I remember that? You'd think I'd have notes on this, but I don't. Get away, get away. And then we have the least interesting and most interesting team coming together all at once. And that is the Browns. They're not interesting because they're the Browns. They're the most interesting because... They're the Browns somehow. I don't really know how they managed to work themselves into this space that exists. But 
So the Browns cleared house as far as their coaching staff goes. Hugh Jackson, gone. Todd Haley, gone. But we're still going to hang around and uh, try out Greg Williams? That, 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 that's where we're at with this. Hugh Jackson's gone. Um, I feel like he kind of had to be gone because you look at that team two years ago, okay, that roster-wise, that was a 1-15 team. Uh, there just wasn't nothing there. But last year, I mean, I'm not saying that that team was destined to win eight or nine games or anything. I'm not going to go quite that far, but four or five, that was there. But and while I thought Hugh Jackson started out the year coaching pretty well, making Deshaun Kaiser, you know, he had Deshaun he gave Deshaun Kaiser a whole bunch of different looks, which I feel like you kind of need to do with a rookie quarterback to get them kind of acclimated to the NFL as quick as possible. Because um, I feel like one of the worst things you can do for a young quarterback is limit the amount of looks that they have and limit the amount of responsibility that they have. I feel like that only kind of hurts their growth. Either way. So, like, the first few weeks, like, you see Deshaun Kaiser doing all these different things, played um, a whole bunch of different play calling, da-da-da-da-da. And then it got really, really predictable. There was a whole lot of vertical throws, which Deshaun Kaiser never really had the... I don't know. Deshaun Kaiser was never that kind of a passer at Notre Dame. Um... But the play calling got really predictable, and just, it, it was like, no. So, you get your ass whooped by Pittsburgh, and you gotta go. That's just the way things go in Cleveland, which I always find funny. Um, now, Todd Haley got fired. Honestly, I feel like he got fired because everyone knew that he only took that job so he could angle for the head coach job when Hugh Jackson got fired. I feel like this was apparent to everyone when we were watching Hard Knocks. Like, Todd Haley, he was there to work for Hugh Jackson, but he didn't really work for Hugh Jackson. You know what I'm saying? And look, if the only reason you take a job is because you're just trying to get promoted as soon as possible... Yo, people who are that dude's boss that you want, what reason do they have to think that you ain't coming for their job? Hmm? So I get it. Like, you got to get rid of Haley. You, you got to get rid of some guy who wasn't really committed. He was kind of just buying his time until he got promoted. You got to get rid of him. But man, Greg Williams? He is the one who's left? I'm just really confused. As to how we can find the guy who is banned from the league for telling his defense to headhunt during the whole bounty gate thing. How we bring him back into the league and because he changes his whole damn appearance that we kind of just like give him a pass. 
especially when he's not even like that good of a defensive coordinator. Because I'm sorry, if you watch the Browns, they consistently, consistently have a safety or two 20 yards deep. Like what? What are you trying? Yo, it's third and 11. You don't need to have a safety 20 yards deep. That's not where they're trying to go. Ever. Ever. But he's the one who's left. You completely clear house and you keep your shoddy, shitty defensive coordinator over your shoddy, shitty head coach and your shoddy, shitty offensive coordinator. Okay. Okay. I'll just never... Wait, what? I... But then again, I mean, we are talking Jimmy Haslam here. Not exactly the uh, kind of ally that you hope for in situations like this. It is... I mean, if he's the one who has your back, does anyone really have your back? Serious question. Um, what else happened during Wiki? Oh yeah, Bills fan gets arrested for throwing a dildo on the field during the Bills Pats Monday Night game. I got a lot of questions about this game in general. One, who decided that Bills Pats would have been a good Monday Night game? Who decided that that was what you wanted to put in prime time? Because you probably deserve to be taken out out to the shed for that. Because the Bills only exist this year to make football not fun. That is their singular purpose this year, is to make football not fun. And they took an offense that was relatively fun to watch and that Bill's defense made that Pat's offense look bad. So it's not even like you got the fun part of watching the Patriots blow someone out. It just didn't happen. I just, I don't, I'm so mad at the Bills this year. I am so mad at them. I can't even... There's so much untethered rage towards the Bills. And I just can't. But yeah, so back to the fan who was arrested for uh, throwing a dildo on the field. Got a lot of questions for this guy, too. One, how did you acquire this dildo? Did you go and buy it? If you did... I wouldn't imagine that the cashier gave you any funny looks because I'd imagine that if you work at an adult shop, um, you see a lot weirder things than a dude coming and buying a dodo. Just a hunch. Or like, did he have to borrow it from somebody that he's close with? And how did that conversation go? Hey, man, look. 
I know, I know this is going to seem weird. I know this is going to seem weird, but just hear me out here. So you know how, like, the Bills got this whole thing of throwing dildos on the field, right? Right? Like, it's happened before. Well, I'm trying to do it again. You think you could talk to your girl? Or, like, you think you could steal your girls and, like, give it to me? Because I need it. I want to hear how that conversation went. Or did he ask his lady, like, hey, can I borrow this for a night? And then everything that surely would have ensued after that. And how did he get it through security? Without anyone asking questions. Or like, what were his answers to these questions that made them go, alright, that's that's plausible. We'll let you in. What? What? Like, I... I... <sighs> But yeah, poor dude gets arrested for throwing a dildo on the field. Which, you know, to be fair, I mean, there were a bunch of other dildos out there on the field already. Just, they were living, breathing people. Dildo people. Yeah, that kind of died on the vine as I started saying it. So, sorry guys. So then we have the Thursday night game. And... Did anyone have Nick Mullins being a starting being a starting quarterback for a primetime game this year? Anyone? Anyone? How much money would you have had to placed? Like, how much money could you have gotten if you placed that prop bet at the beginning of the year? Yeah, let's look at the third string quarterback. Who is that? Oh, Nick Mullins starting a game this year. $20. How would you get for that? Probably a lot. <laughs> Either way, so Nick Pullins, Nick Mullins, Nick Pullins, what the fuck am I even trying to say right now? So Nick Mullins throws for 260 some odd yards, three touchdowns, and looks like a competent quarterback. Okay. Um, but man, can we really, really just give Kyle Shanahan so much credit right now? The things that this man has done over the past decade has been nuts. That RG3 year, 2012 in Washington. Office coordinator for that. Damn good. He made Brian Hoyer look like a competent quarterback in Cleveland. He turned Matt Ryan into an MVP and he got Jimmy Garoppolo motherfucking paid. Like, this man might be the second greatest offensive mind in the NFL right now. He's no Andy Reid. Although I am curious as to what Shanahan would do if he had the level of talent that Andy Reid has been playing with in Kansas City these last few years. But they effectively operate under a lot of the same principles. They use a lot of misdirection, um, a lot of pre-snap movements to help diag to help the quarterback diagnose what the coverage is. And 
guys just one run wide open in both of these offenses. Um, and I mean, there's still a lot of things if you looked at that game that would make you realize that Nick Mullins is a borderline NFL level quarterback. Number one, at least that stood out to me, was that he lacks the arm strength to be a real productive NFL quarterback. Um, a lot of his passes floated, um, and he missed on guys that were that were open when they were deep. And I find like a lot of the reasons where that were just because he doesn't have the arm strength, but. It was impressive that an undrafted rookie making a spot start on a short week, albeit it was against an awful Raiders team, but still. Um, usually guys like that crumble. Just the sheer amount of pressure that that has to be for someone who I really don't think thought he stood a shot to play in a game let alone start a game this year um like that was impressive he was confident he made decent reads um but he also wasn't asked to make a whole lot of tough throws um he was accurate on some like 16 of his 22 passes, which I mean, it's not terrible. It's not that good. It's fairly average. Um, so I guess it really depends on how impressed you are just simply by the fact that he threw for a few touchdowns, which I I mean, I just don't really know what the takeaway is. I just feel like we should pump the brakes on Nick Mullins and step on the gas for Kyle Shanahan. Because this man really, really is phenomenal. Um, God, just, if you have more talent, because... Um, he has the scheme there. Just needed a little bit of talent. He won't be coaching a 2 and 17. So now you got this University of Maryland situation, which is all kinds of fucked up. And I am personally in the camp that there's a lot of people. Who need to lose their jobs for gross, gross negligence. Um, so Jordan McNair. He uh, he passed away during a practice in May due to heat stroke. And he probably wouldn't have died if they didn't wait almost an hour to call paramedics. So there's failures on the team as a whole in that situation. And now you have this whole 
whole debacle with how the situation has been handled by the university since then. We put them on administrative leave back in August while they did their quote-unquote investigation. And like, okay, so you mean to tell me an in-house investigation into DJ Durkin led you to believe that there was not a toxic culture attached to it? Really? Really? So you mean to tell me that a school investigating itself would find the least harmful outcome? Consider me shocked. So, they uh, decided to reinstate him. In which case, there were multiple players on the team who walked out of DJ Durkin, announced it to the team that he was back. Um, and then, with the obvious PR disaster and backlash that ensued, they just fired him the next day. So I'm curious as to why they brought him back in the first place. Um, were you just completely unaware of what the reaction was going to be? Like, did that just... Did you just not read the room on that? Um, did you just not have the 40, the 40 mil available to pay him his buyout clause if he got fired? Without reason. If that's the case, I don't know what you're doing in the Big Ten if he ain't got 40 mil to buy out a coach. If you're going to be in a Power 5 conference, you should probably have 40 mil avail for that. Just saying. And like, then you have the president of the university saying that he was unaware of all the details and shit like that. And I'm just like, yo, I can pick up my phone and in five minutes know just how bad the situation was. And you mean to tell me you're actually, like, in the university? And you ain't fucking know? I'm sorry, man. But I have a real, real hard time believing that that's the case. But, like, how myopic of a stance do you have to have to actually think that bringing him back was ever going to be a good idea for anyone? How important is it for you to have a coach who is 10 and 15? Pro tip, it's not. You could do better. There's a lot better out there. You could do it. You don't keep a guy who's 10 and 15 someone dies on his watch you can say it's not his fault whatever the point is one of the main things you need to do as a head coach in college is recruit what in the hell do you expect DJ Durkin to tell a bunch of high school players mamas how can you convince them that they'd be in good hands if their son came to your school. You can't. You can't. And how many of his 
well, I guess now former players, but I wonder how many current Maryland players, you know, guardians made phone calls about DJ Durkin coming back. Cause I want to sit in and listen to those phone calls. I mean, they got to be recorded somewhere, right? I mean, I have a feeling that there's a lot of parents out there who love their children and thus would not want them playing for DJ Durkin. Let's go get what, what, what was the whole purpose of bringing him back? Like, what were you going to do? Like, what? There was absolutely nothing to be gained by bringing DJ Durkin back. They did it anyways. Sure, they fired him the next day. But now, was this due to incompetence of the athletic director? If so, got to go. Was this due to incompetence of the president? Got to go. I understand it's hard, but like, if these are the people you're putting in charge to make, you know, value-based assessments of situations, man... They all butchered this one. They all butchered it. You gotta go. That's the only way you can really salvage this. Y'all gotta go. It's like there just is no other option. You know, there's a bunch of other stuff I was going to talk about, but I need to just get this done and over with and out there. No power rankings this week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hope you forgive me. But either way, you can follow us on all the social media things on That's Foul Pod. Maybe I'll actually start using it. You can follow me on all the social medias at Triz Marquee. You can follow Alex at AAYoDoc on Instagram. We'll catch y'all later.